Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Welcome in everyone to one of the most highly anticipated episodes of the summer, only because it means the summer is almost over. Coastal Carolina football is just around the corner, and we are here to break down every moment that we expect coming into this year. Coastal Carolina returns Grayson McCall. Uh, He dipped his toes into the transfer portal waters and came back to the school that he has called home for the last four years. He is looking to win his fourth Sunbelt Player of the Year, and if he can do that, I think it means really good things for this Coastal Carolina squad. As it sits right now, Coastal Carolina is returning 13 starters from last season, seven on offense, only four on defense, which is is pretty concerning. Uh, Their kicker and their punter are also back as well. That that factors into that 13. So we'll see. Um, You know, a a record of of nine and four last year, a little bit of a disappointment towards the end of the season. It was definitely downhill. You ended the season with losses at James Madison against Troy in the conference championship, and you absolutely got – the doors blown off of you by by East Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. So, um, you know, it, it's it's tough to predict where this team will be. The talent is there, the coaching is there. We we fully believe in Tim Beck and his new staff and what they're doing with, with these players. But it's tough to to nail down what this Coastal Carolina team can and will be. Josh, I'll come to you first. What are you looking for out of this offensive group? We'll start on that side of the ball. Um, personally, I mean, I'm looking for the offense to shoulder the load of this entire team. I'm looking for the offense to make everything easy for the defense and the fact that they need to only allow like 35 points or less. Um, the offense, it's a new offensive coordinator, new everything on offense except the players. Um it seems like Kendall Carr will be the tight end. Um, apparently, there's an injury to Kane Parong, but he will sit out this year, and it's fine because Kendall Carr's a stud too. Um, these big three receivers with Pinkney, Brown, Mobley, and then the running back room with Beasley, Bennett, and Reese White, and they should be unstoppable. I don't see much of a way for a new offensive scheme to to hamper any of the success of those individuals. And if anything, I think it could be even more dangerous because I think they're going to let Grayson McCall throw the ball to these guys more and, and set up quicker and easier ways to get the ball to these guys, because you don't need to really throw it down the field. If you have Sam Pinckney blocking Kendall Carr blocking for Tyson Mobley or Jared Brown on a screen and they can bust huge plays 80 yards down the field, just give them the ball. I think we're going to see a lot a lot of spread out targets. And like we said earlier, there's three to four guys on this team that could legitimately have 1,000-yard receiving seasons. And I'm really looking for Grayson McCall to throw for 3,000 yards this year and hopefully get the ball out of his hands and, and stay protected in that pocket and get it out quickly. So, yeah, I'm looking for everything from this offense. I, I legitimately think they can score 35-plus points a game this year. I think that's not unreasonable to expect. And – and, and I know that that sounds insane, but you've also got to remember that this is a defense in turmoil. All new coaching staff, 
all new players, all new starters. You're basically returning JT Killen and Shane Bruce and Kennedy Roberts and Pinkney, I, I guess. Like that's that's what you've got, right? Um it, it's not a lot of experience returning, but it's a lot of talent is there. Um, they hit the transfer portal really hard on the defensive line, and we talked about that in our defensive line episode, so we won't go too deep into the weeds there. But, Jordan, if you could put your finger on it, what's the magic number that Coastal Carolina's offense has to hit every game in order to outscore what has the potential to be a very porous defense? Uh, I think we need to hit uh, – we have to try to at least get 40. I think if we can get 40 – Every game, I think that we'll be in a good position to win games. If we if we can't score the football, I mean, if we can't score, we're not going to win. And I think that's why with this offense, this new built offense that we have, um, I think that it's going to, like Josh said, open it up a little bit more, get guys the ball more. Um, the ball, Grayson's going to get the ball out of his hands quicker. Um, and it's going to open it up for our playmakers. And I just think that, you know, Last three games, we we could not score the football, and there were times last year we couldn't score the football in any of our big time matchups. You know, it, it was it was disheartening at times. We we felt like you know this offense last year could really put up some points, and we struggled at times, uh, especially second half of games. So I think you know forty is a good number for me. I think if we can get forty every game, I don't think anybody can stop us. Uh, I really think that we have a good shot of of running the table. Um, but if, if we can't score the football, we're not going to win a lot of football games. I would like to put a little caveat on that, Jordan. Um, last season was a was a good season. I wouldn't consider it a great season. I wouldn't consider it an elite season, but it was very good. Absolutely. And Coastal Carolina scored 40 points once that whole season. So you're asking a lot out of an offensive unit to cover a down defensive year. And I think 40 points is insane, but I think you might be right. I think Coastal Carolina is going to play a lot of games this season where the final score has the potential to be 38 to 35, 45 to, to 42, um, you know, 45 to 28. And it's it's not an indictment on the way that Coastal Carolina is playing. I think it's an indictment on – how much turnover they have had to face in, in the defense and especially the defensive secondary. There's basically no one back there. And, and and it's, it's going to be tough to overcome that, but I think coastal Carolina can do that. I think Grayson McCall can do that. And I think, you know, you're going to have to have a game or two where the defense steps up and holds their opponents to, you know, less than you know, 35 points. Like, like I, I'd be really happy with if we ended the season and our scoring defense was less than 30 points a game. I, I think that's a reasonable goal. I mean, last year they they finished at 31.8 points given up per game. So get that number under 30, and I think you win two or three more games in a season uh, and you improve on your 9-4 and four record from last year. Mario, I'll come to you next. This is a brand new coaching staff. Tim Beck, um, offensive coordinator at NC State, comes in and takes over for the snake, Jamie Chadwell. And 
brings along a lot of new faces. What have you seen out of Coach Beck, and and what are your initial opinions of him and the job that he's done since he became coach in uh, late December, early January last year? Well, the first thing that's popped up to me is getting active in that transfer portal. I mean, what he's done in that transfer portal is absolutely outstanding. Getting players from big-name schools, getting players from Notre Dame, getting all sorts of different players in, in these transfer portals who may have not shown a lot in their in their schools. But as far as the transfer portal, he's done a great job with that. And even recruiting, I mean, we got our first ever four-star prospect, if I believe, or recruit. Correct me if I'm wrong about that, but I don't remember us having a four-star recruit when uh, Chadwell was here. So I already think him coming in, that type of impact itself, just recruiting players, just getting into that transfer portal and doing what you got to do and and improving on that side. And the other thing, too, is Pickney mentioned it as well. This is D1 now. Like, we are a Power 5 D1 school now. It's not, it's not you know, it's, it, it's not getting people from community college and D2 schools and all those types of things and low D1 schools. So he, he said everything is, is basically the next level from the coaches all the way to nutritionists. They, like, the what he has done coming in here and absolutely turning this program around before even playing a game it's absolutely amazing. And if you think about what he's done already before playing the game, just imagine what he's going to be doing in this season, because it just seems like already everything's improving. This, this team already looks like a brand new team and come this season when it starts, this is going to look like a completely different team than last year, obviously because of different coaches, but I think we're also going to be a lot better. I do not expect this defense letting go of 30 plus points per game. I don't expect that. I expect the offense not only to break 30, but like Jordan said, go over 40. I don't. I, I think this is going to be such a great team that we won't even need to go over 40. There'll be times, I think, where this defense improves so much, we might not even need to go over 30. I'm not saying we won't be able to do it. We definitely have the ability to do it. But I believe with this new coaching staff coming in and all these improvements that we made, I believe that the defense is going to improve tremendously. The offense is going to be pressured every single game to drop 30 or 40 points. And I believe that it's going to be a lot more of a balanced effort. It's not just going to be the offense doing most of the work. I believe both sides of the football are going to improve drastically. And I believe that with this new coaching staff, with these new players coming in, all these new recruits, these transfers, I believe that Coastal is going to take the next step. And I think that's that's a valid point. Everybody that I've talked to that's involved with the program, everybody that I've talked to that's looking from the outside in has talked about how Coastal finally feels like a Division One program. And, and the indoor practice facility is on the way. The the team and the stadium are, are improving. Like this is is a team that is on the brink of something incredible. And, and you can see the difference in hiring a coach like Tim Beck, who has coached at the power five level for years and years and years and years, how he initially, he comes in and he says, Hey, this is how uh, NC state does things. This is how Texas does things. This is how, you know, these schools that are at that level do things. And you can see where bringing in a coach like Chadwell, whose only previous head coaching experience was at Charleston Southern where things differ. You didn't have the nutritionalist. You didn't have the guys you know, doing what they're doing. And, and it's, it's an incredible transformation that's happened in a shoe, a few short months, excuse me, Josh, you had something to add here. 
Yeah, first on your point, um, and Sam Pinckney mentioned it, um, they came in and everybody, when the coaching change happens, they're kind of like automatically you kind of look to the portal, where can I go? This These aren't the guys who brought me in. But we mentioned Coastal Carolina was one of the fewest transfer outs in the entire country. It was like seven. That's unheard of, especially with a coaching change. And I think that speaks more volumes about this coaching staff than anything else they've done this summer is who they were able to keep. They kept the whole offensive core, which you know how damn tough it is to recruit players like Grayson McCall and Jared Brown and Tyson Mobley. Like it is a home run. Tim Beck said on an interview that he thinks that they, he should have gotten credit for the number one transfer number landing, the number one transfer in the country by bringing back Grayson McCall. He's like, cause that was something that was huge. And he was like, people are going to think that he just came back, but we landed him. And that's huge. Um, and then going back to what Mario was saying um, with the defense, especially, I really think that the style of offense that Tim Beck runs is is going to be, in a way, useful for defense itself. I really think at some points in games, our offense will essentially be playing defense by controlling the clock when we're up two scores or and I think we can score quick too if we need to with a vertical passing attack and quick hitting routes and getting out of bounds and painting the sideline I think if we need to score quick we can score in minute and a half two minutes if we need to but we also have the ability in my opinion to kill nine ten minute drives because you switch out one of these running backs and again it comes back to the running back room for me um we have three elite running backs and if you each get one carry per set of first downs, your fresh legs, you need three or four yards. You're telling me Brayden Bennett can't come in and get you four yards in a carry, which like his career yards per carry is sitting at like six or seven now. So he gets you four yards. CJ Beasley gets you four yards. Reese White gets you two or three. You can kill the clock if you're up by like 10 points. And all of a sudden the whole third quarter is gone. Give your defense time to rest. And then it's just really going to be, I th- think we're going to find that if we're playing a team and they make one mistake, they they drop a big pass or they throw an interception or fumble, then the offense can come in with an eight, nine minute drive and just kill them. So I don't think the defense is going to have to make too many stops. And I don't think that they really will. But that one or two a game, we can come back on offense with a nine minute drive and then all the momentum is gone and on our side. So yeah, I think this offense, you'll see a lot where they're essentially playing defense or really helping the defense with that. Which is something we couldn't say for the last three, four five years, right? Coastal Carolina played a brand of offense that was quick hit. You know, they weren't necessarily running no huddle and running the Oregon style offense where they were trying to get under the ball right away. But the offense was designed to chew up yards 14, 15, 20 yards at a time. That's just what it was. And that worked. And it worked really well for Coastal Carolina. But you're relying on your defense to go out there having been on the sidelines for three, four minutes at most. And you're relying on them to be tired and go out there and get the stop that you need so you can put another touchdown and build another lead. It's why a lot of Coastal Carolina's games were so close. I mean, you look back at last season, 
Army, they won by 10 points. Gardner-Webb, they won by four points. Buffalo, they won by eight points. You keep going down the schedule. Georgia Southern, they won by four points. Louisiana-Monroe by five. Coastal Carolina was never able to get away from teams. And, and, and that offense being the way that it was was part of the reason for that. Yeah, I think um, if you get stopped on a, a option pitchback and all of a sudden you lose six yards on first down and then you try two more big hitting, get it all back plays, that's where some of those teams, it worked most of the time, but if you figure it out, you sniff it out, you're losing six, seven yards in a play. I think a lot of times this year, we'll just the ball will start moving forwards. And I think we have the athletes to get four or five yards with less creative plays. I think it's more about the guys that we have. I agree with that 100%. I think now you have the weapons that they can break that 80-yard run. They can break that 90-yard touchdown. But they don't have to. And Coastal Carolina will have a much more controlled, much more reliable offense. You don't have to worry about that corner blitz coming in and throwing off the option and, and ruining it. And like you said, you start with second and nineteen. Well, how do you come back from that? Coastal Carolina was in that position a lot last year, and it runs into you get a three-play drive that took up 45 seconds, and now you got to get the defense back out there and, and have them go again. I, I think now with with uh, Travis uh, Trickett at, at OC and, and Tim Beck over top of him helping him out with that role, I think this Coastal Carolina offense is going to be potent, and I think they're going to be our defense's best friend instead of their worst enemy. They're going to make the other team tired. They're going to make them have the ability to take a break, for God's sakes. Like It's going to be nice to play Coastal Carolina defense this year because you're not going to have to be on the field for 70% of the game. That's just how it's going to break down. We will go ahead and look at a schedule breakdown for Coastal Carolina. Now, the big one, obviously, at UCLA week one. That is not a trip to be taken lightly. That is a historic trip of all kinds of proportions. Jordan, what about that game stands out so much to you? Yeah, what's going to stand out to me is to see what all this that we've put together from the time that the, the bowl game ended all the winter workouts, getting into the spring, getting all throughout the summer workouts, and now we're in the, the, the flow of practice. I'm looking to see how it's all going to gel together. It's a new offense. It's a new defense, new coaches. Um, and some of the key guys, some new guys that are coming in, I'm trying to see how they look. Um, I'm eager to see what Grayson McCall is going to look like in this system. I want to see how he's going to try to develop. You know, he, he this is his last year. We already know it. I want to see how he can develop more as a as a player. He's already been a great player, but I want to see what else he can improve on going into this season to try to improve his draft stock. Um, you know, we just talked about the running backs. I want to see what the running backs can do. I want to see what Braden Bennett's gonna do. I want to see what Reese White's gonna do, CJ Beasley, all these guys, all these guys. Um, I'm trying to see mostly the defense, if anything. I want to see the defense improve. I mean, we we can't we can't we got to be able to stop stop these teams. Um, a lot of road games coming up, but you know this one's a big one. And I think if if everything gels well the way I think it will, uh, the practices have been going well. I think that we can we can go into 
uh, Pasadena and steal this game, steal this one. Um, you know, this is going to be a, a a good first test for uh, Tim Beck. He's going up against an experienced head coach, coach that's had NFL experience, and he's also led a team to the national championship. So I think this is a good first test for him, uh, coaching wise. And if he can get this win, um, in his first game coaching, I think that this will be a good stepping stone for him and the rest of the coaches going down uh, later on in the season. But big momentum if they can get this win, for sure. I, I like that Coastal Carolina starts out the season not with a cupcake. I, I really do. I like that they are challenging themselves and saying, hey, we will fly across the country, go to one of the oldest, grandest, best stadiums in college football, and we'll kick your ass. We don't need to, to beat up on, you know, the Vermont school of ski patrol, like coastal uh, basketball likes to do. We can just, we'll come and, and beat UCLA's ass first week. This is super exciting for coastal Carolina football to have this game and to have the opportunity to play in the Rose Bowl. I know uh, Josh and Jordan and myself will be in Pasadena and it's, it's an experience of a lifetime that we can't wait for, but hopefully the rest of the team is up for the challenge. Then they come back weeks two and three. They have a couple of tune-up games, uh, is what I'm going to call them, Jacksonville State, a newly promoted FBS team, and Duquesne, one of the weaker teams in FCS. Then you get into Sunbelt play. Uh, they open with Georgia State at home. Now, if you remember two years ago, this was Darren Granger's coming out party, a Conway High School graduate, so quite literally graduated high school uh, about two miles from Coastal Stadium and came back and kicked their ass on homecoming two years ago. Mario, do you expect more of the same from Georgia State this year, or do you think Coastal Carolina puts their foot down and this is our home turf and you're not beating us here? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be on Thursday Night Football. I'm super excited for it. You know, it it seems like we're always playing them on Thursday night, which is kind of crazy. I don't understand why, but I truly think Georgia State is going to improve, and – I don't think they're going to beat us on our home turf. I don't think that's happening at all. You know, they they got Skaggs, which like, or I mean, we can, you know, we can forget about him. He's given us enough nightmares as the defensive coordinator for Coastal Carolina. So it's time for him to do it up in Georgia State. Okay, it's time for him to bring that all the way up to Atlanta. And I'm telling you, he, he better do a better job because let me tell you something, Atlanta's not a place to mess with, you know? They'll, they'll find him. I'm just saying, you know, I, 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 I wish the best for him, but look, he, he didn't do good for us. But I do expect him to be better. I really do. I just don't expect him to beat us on our turf. I think it's going to be a pretty similar outing to the last time we played him on TV. You act like people in Atlanta give a single shit about Georgia State. They don't they care don't. about Georgia State's football team when they start seeing they're giving up 35, 40 points a night. Well, maybe. <laughs> it's funny to me that they have some of the best uniforms in the Sun Belt. Um, those Atlanta jerseys that they wear, the all black, are phenomenal jerseys. However, you're not Atlanta's school. There's a school that isn't even in Atlanta that is Atlanta's school. So uh, chill with that shit. All right. Like calm down. That's that is Georgia Bulldogs country right in there. And and I know Georgia Tech is quite literally in the middle of downtown too. Nobody gives a shit about them either. So stop trying that. The uh, one of the the weird things about Coastal's schedule is that at UCLA at home for three weeks, then for a month plus they are gone. 
They played Georgia State on September 21st at home. And then they don't play another home game until October 20, uh, 28th, excuse me, against Marshall. You've got games at Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern, at App State, and at Arkansas State, and a couple of uh, and, and a bye week in there as well. That's a long time to be away from home. Josh, are you worried that that many road trips is going to throw off the the flow of this system and could really give Coastal some headaches? Yeah, um, I don't really think it should mess with them too terribly bad, but um, it is kind of a tough stretch to say the least. Um, you're going at Georgia Southern, which is always tough, especially with Clay Helton. Um, then at App State, we already know that's tough on a Tuesday. Luckily, we have like 10 days between those games, so at least that'll help out a little bit. And then at Arkansas State, I'm really not worried about them, but the more you look at it, that's going to be a stretch where I would honestly be, as we currently stand before the season – I'd be very shocked if we didn't lose a game in that stretch just because Georgia Southern and App State, regardless of how good they are, they hate us. They're going to give us their best game. Those are two tough road environments, and it's places that we've had trouble with in the past. But it does help, I think, in the sense that they know they're going to be on the road that long. You kind of get in a rhythm, and then that 10 days between Georgia Southern and App State will help. But yeah, I think that's going to be a very tough stretch, and I think that we will learn everything we need to learn about this team through that stretch. How they perform through that stretch, if they come out looking great, they should run the table the rest of the season. And that's also a stretch where if we like lose two of those games, some stuff could go wrong, and people could start they could start hearing doubts. Um, but yeah, that's the most important three stretch of games in the entire season, in my opinion. Jordan, you had something to add. Yeah, I mean, we all know the importance of um, especially the App State game because we know that with that game, it's it's really going to come down between us, App State, and James Madison. And if we can win that game on the road on a Tuesday night in that godforsaken environment that is Boone, North Carolina, if we can get a win there, we'll have an epic showdown final game of the season at home against James Madison, which will probably determine the Sun Belt, in my opinion, because it's, it's going to come down to between us two, us three. And if you get that win at App, that sets up a huge matchup. And I think that, you know, that's going to be – that's going to set the tone right there. But you have to win that game. I think you must. That's a must win early in the season. You have to win that game. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and and I think Josh is is dead on the money there. Those those three games and those three weeks will tell us everything we need to know about Coastal Carolina. Are they a good team? Has Tim Beck transformed? And is is this season going to go the way we want to? Those three games will tell us it. And realistically, just the first two, if you can come out of at Georgia Southern and at App State one and one, it's not the worst outcome, and, and in fact, it sets you up for a lot of success down the road. So they play at Arkansas State on October 21st, then on October 28th, homecoming against Marshall. Um, this is a team that is in flux is the word that I will use. They, they're they good. They've got a lot of good athletes there. They're pretty similar to Coastal, but I would say the talent level is a little bit lower. Um, Marshall will be a powerhouse in the Sun Belt, but not quite yet. I don't think they're ready for that step. 
Then you've got a trip at Old Dominion, uh, which is not a challenging game. Texas State at home, again, not a challenging game. At Army, that's going to be a a late-season road trip that is going to be kind of scary. And then you wrap up the season with James Madison. So um, if you weren't, you know, super paying attention there, after the game at Arkansas State, Marshall at home, Old Dominion away. Texas State at home, Army away. James Madison at home, conference championship game. So Coastal Carolina doesn't get a lot of rhythm, if that makes sense. They don't get a lot of chances to build, you know, here's two or three games at home in a row towards the end of the season. It's a big road trip, and then it's on, off, on, off. And and it's not ideal for the situation they're in. The good news is the second half of the schedule is pretty lackluster and Coastal Carolina manages to avoid both of the really good teams in the Sun Belt West in Troy and South Alabama. That's a nice little plus there uh, in the season. So now that we've gone through the schedule, we've gone through coaching staff, we've gone through offensive and defensive expectations. It's finally time for what you have all been waiting for. It's time for predictions. We're going to do them a little bit differently this year. We're going to do floors and ceilings. So I'll explain that a little bit. The floor is the wheels fall off the bus, right? Everything that can go wrong does, but this is the talent level that Coastal has that they will still reach this record. That is the bare minimum number of games you think Coastal Carolina can win, even if everything goes wrong. The ceiling is the exact opposite. Everything that that can go right does. Grayson McCall plays lights out, plays all 12 games. The defense makes massive strides and improvements, and the coaching staff and the new offense prove to be no match for everybody else in the Sun Belt and in the country. So we'll we'll, we'll start it with Josh. What is your floor and your ceiling for this Coastal Carolina team this year? I I'm going to set the floor. Everything goes wrong at six and six. I still think that we have enough games on that schedule where even if the offense doesn't click with the personnel, everything, you still beat Duquesne. You still beat Jacksonville state, um, Arkansas state win, old dominion win, Texas state win. And then you get a win somewhere else catching somebody. Um, and then I think that my ceiling, I'm going to go ceiling at 11 and one. Um, I just think that we have, I, I I would love to say 12 and 0, but I think that there's just three super colossal games, really four, because I think Statesboro is a tough place to play on the road. Um, I think that obviously at UCLA, I mean, where the line has moved a lot in the past couple of days, it's already moved down like two points. We're like 14 and a half point underdogs in week one. So I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you, I know we're beating them. Like, and then we play at App State host JMU, and then, like I said, at Georgia Southern. I think the ceiling is 11-1, though. Um, I think we can beat UCLA as well, but I think there's a scenario where we beat UCLA and then we lose to App State or we lose to Georgia Southern. We got, I don't think – and we could get caught slipping by Marshall if we don't look at him. I mean, hell, we were rolling, rolling, and we lost – old. we got spanked by Old Dominion last year by overlooking them. So I think the ceiling is 11-1, though. I think everything could go great. 11 and one with a conference championship and depending on who that loss is to a D 
decent shot at a New Year's Six if you go 11-1. and one. Pretty good shot. Depends on who else is good in the group of five, but say it's against UCLA, we'll be ranked higher than anyone in the Sun Belt. Conference USA is trash. The only teams you're looking at are probably out of the AAC. So I think 11-1 and one is the ceiling, and I really think we can get there. I think it's a realistic ceiling. Jordan, I'll come to you. Same question. Floor and ceiling for the 2023 Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears. Um, so I'll say the floor is probably going to be uh, about four wins because just based on if a significant injury to a player happens, like I just if, if, if like say if Grayson goes down, which I, I pray he doesn't, but if he, he gets injured and he's out for a, a, a substantial period of time, I can see us, you know, not winning a lot of games and, you know, new system, you know, but everybody's telling me that everybody's been running the system pretty well. So, but I just think that, especially if it's during like that, that hard part of the season when you're playing App State or you're playing Georgia Southern or you're playing Georgia State or any of those tough teams. I mean, I just feel like that would be the floor, but, um, I think the 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 best thing that we could do uh, winning wise, I, I'd say I go twelve and zero. You guys know how I am. I like to go twelve and zero. That's if everything goes right, twelve and zero. Because I just feel like with the weapons that we have on offense, we we're gonna be electric on our offense. We already know that. The defense is the question mark. The defense can handle what they need to do, and we get some stops. I think that they can actually do it. And if they can go through that, that 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 rough patch of their schedule when they have to play App State and Georgia Southern leading up and even playing um, James Madison and Conway, we get a win there. I think that we can get there. Um, and that would be – that's that's what I think. I know it's probably – it's tough to do it in year one, new coach, new system. But when you got a three-time Sun Belt player of the year, you got a Jared Brown – you got Sam Pinckney on offense and all these new guys coming in transfer-wise. It, it can happen. It's a possibility. I'll say that. Mario, you're up. In my opinion, I think the floor is seven and five. I don't think we I don't think we go to five hundred. I don't think we go under it. I, I think back to before we got Grace McCall, my first year at Coastal, and I thought about when we had that FCS team that was playing in the FBS, and even they went six and eight. Uh, I'm not bad. Not six eight. What am I saying? Um, five and seven. Excuse me. And and even then, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, even if like God forbid, Grayson McCall goes down, I have a lot of trust that one of these quarterbacks are going to come in and and do good because we have a lot more debt. I don't think it's going to be relying on uh Jerry Guess. I think if an offensive lineman goes down, the debt there is crazy. I think offensive power is absolutely nuts. Kind of like what Josh said about the offensive line last uh, uh, last episode. If the offensive line can block for all these guys, we're, we're going to make them elite. I do believe that this offense is so great that if something does happen, it can also stay at a pretty good pace and it can also stay elite. And I do believe seven and five is the floor because I just don't see us going to six and six or five and seven. I do think there's so much debt on this team that we don't, that I don't think it's going to be an issue if somebody does go down. So that's my floor. My ceiling is 11 to one. I, I think we're going to lose to one of those teams. I don't know which one, you know, UCLA, that might be a potential loss. App State, it, as much as we don't like them, it's always a nail better with them. Regardless, it, it, who anything could happen, really. 
I believe we played James Madison this year, correct? James Madison at home the last week of the season. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one as well, because I still think James Madison is one of those very, very good teams in the Sun Belt. And I truly do feel bad for them because they're just not eligible. And it's, it's, it's just unfortunate for them, but I do believe that those are the three key games that could be a potential loss. But I do think we have an elite team, an elite enough team to go 11 and one. And I do believe that that is the ceiling for us. So I'll go seven and five floor, 11 and one ceiling. So I'll start off. My floor is at five and seven. I think Coastal Carolina, if everything goes wrong, is significantly more talented than Jacksonville State, Duquesne, Arkansas State, Old Dominion, and Texas State. I think even if everything goes wrong, I think you can chalk those five up as wins. Everything else on that schedule, if McCall isn't playing, if the offense isn't clicking, if the defense is as porous as it was last year, you're going to be in trouble. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. And and things can go downhill really quickly. I'm going to put the ceiling uh, just like Josh and Mario at 11 and 1. And my reasoning for that and not going the 12 and 0, not, you know, going 10 and 2, I, I think 11 and 1 is fully reasonable. And I think it's the only thing that's holding me back from going 12 and 0 is that the four hardest games on Coastal schedule at UCLA, at Georgia Southern, at Appalachian State, and James Madison at home. The trend there being three of the four hardest games this season are on the road. And and two of them are back-to-back on a, on a big, long road trip. So it's tough for me to see Coastal Carolina getting to the end of the season and being 12-0. and I think you're going to slip up somewhere. And, and Josh mentioned it. We're two touchdown underdogs against UCLA the first week of the season. Now, UCLA still hasn't named a starting quarterback. Um, there's some issues that's going on with their program. We'll get into that in the UCLA preview episode, but that's still a power five team that's moving to the big 10 next year. Uh, how do you, how do you say coastal Carolina is the favorite in that game? You can't. And, and I know coastal Carolina is very talented and, and has the horses and has the dogs to, to do this, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If coastal Carolina loses week one, and if everything is clicking wins the next 11 in a row. They also have the potential to upset UCLA that first week, go on a three-week road trip, and you lose at App State. You lose at Georgia Southern, or even, you know, you're looking forward to Marshall at homecoming, and we finally get to play at Brooks Stadium again, and you forget that Arkansas State is on the schedule, and they trip us like Old Dominion did last year. So I don't think it's reasonable to expect Coastal Carolina to go 12-0, and even if everything is clicking. I think there will be one loss in there somewhere. And, and and much like Josh said, I think that puts us, you know, with an outside chance at a New Year's Six. I think Tulane is very good in the AAC this year. I think SMU will be very good in the AAC. And and I think that there are some other teams that will fight Coastal for that spot. Even in the Sun Belt itself, Troy and South Alabama are very good football teams. So I, I think Coastal Carolina's schedule is is good and bad. It's nice that we avoid Troy and South Alabama in the regular season. But that three-game road trip is its scary. It's not fun. So we'll see. But uh, I think we'll go ahead. We'll wrap it up there. I can't wait for football to kick off in a few more days. We will be back this week with uh, the UCLA uh, pregame preview. 
and then a post-game episode from Pasadena that we are super, super excited to bring to you. So uh, follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show, and uh, we will see you very, very soon. As always, Shant's up! Shant's up!